4: This episode of
5: Long
1: Night with Vish Khanna is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, CFRU 93.3 FM, and Granddad's Donuts, and was recorded before a studio audience on Friday, November 22nd, 2019.
6: Coming to you live from the Transac in Toronto, Canada, it's Long Night with Vish Khanna! Author Zalika Reed Benta is here!
7: Very much. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the season premiere of Long Night. How you feeling out there? You doing all right? Nice. Nice to see you. I'm your host, Vish, as uh, James just said. How about a cheer for my sidekick, James Keast? Also, uh, one of the finest bands to ever grace the Transact stage, The Bicycles, our house band. They're the best. Okay, we're going to kick off the show right now. My first guest is the author of this book. It's called Frying Plantain. It was nominated for the Scotiabank Giller Prize, and we're so thrilled that she could join us. Please say hello to Zalika Reed benta everyone. <laughs> Zalika, thank you so much for joining us on the show.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
7: It's nice to see you again. We saw each other, I think, in September or something like that. Yeah. At, a, like, a literary festival. Yes. That was fun. It was fun. Now, do you like literary festivals generally as a person who writes the literature?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's my first book. It's, like... So I've only been to about three literary festivals, but they're all very different. They're all pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I get to see, like... It always feels like a high school reunion just because you get to see, like, other authors that you've, like, known from other places and just like oh, hey, what's up? And you get to catch up, so that's pretty
7: cool. I think some people... Has anyone here never been to a literary festival? Because I think some people think they're, like, dry affairs, you know?
1: Not all the time. They're not. I think no. they're really fun.
7: I enjoy them very much. <laughs> yeah. And I enjoyed your book very much, too, and I want to talk about it in a moment. But first of all, for context... Where are you from, exactly? Are you from Toronto?
1: I am from Toronto. Um, I grew up sort of all around Toronto, except my family and I never went east for some reason. But, like, uh, started, like, downtown, kind of like Young and Charles area. Then went to uh, Little Jamaica, or Eglinton West of Marley, which is where the majority of that collection takes place. Kind of went to Wilson and Bathurst, kind of went to Brampton, then went to Maple, so kind of all over. So
7: you're really a Toronto person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about living elsewhere?
1: Uh, I did live in New York for two years uh, for because I did school there, and then I lived in England for six months.
7: Did you like Toronto better than those places?
1: I liked Toronto better than where I was in England, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> where were you in England? I was in this really small town called Bitterford um, in North Devon, where I was like one out of, like, 100 people of color. So people just looked at me like, why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, we, so. Do
7: we? Do you think we take our... You know, I think it gets mocked, maybe, or maybe uh, maybe some people think it's maybe given more credence than it actually deserves. Do you think we undervalue or take our multiculturalism in Toronto for granted a little bit?
1: I, don't, I have, like, a really complicated relationship with the whole idea of, like, multicultural Toronto. Like, we do have a multicultural city, and I do think that's something that I... um. I did I didn't quite realize until I went to a place like Bedford that also doesn't suggest we don't have, you know, systemic racism and yeah. and things like that. So I don't want it to just be like Toronto's like the, the greatest place in the world because of there's there's definitely issues here. But um yeah, I mean it was it was definitely um, a culture shock to go to a very small town where 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 people didn't I didn't see like anyone who looked like me. So yeah.
7: I, was, I, I live in a small town, and I was at a funeral the other day, and I noticed I was the only person of color there. That's a weird thing to think at a funeral, I, I decided afterwards. Why was I thinking about that? <laughs> I'm an idiot, <laughs> is what I was getting at there. <laughs> but it is weird. You start to notice it when you're in places yeah. like, like River. Let's talk about this book, Frying Plantain. As I mentioned, it was nominated for the uh, Giller Prize. So This is your first book. Yes. Uh, the, the Giller Prize is perhaps Canada's most prestigious literary award. Sure. Fair to say. (laughs) How did you feel about being nominated? First of all, you must have been sort of surprised.
1: I was very surprised. I was also in the middle of having vertigo at the time. So um, it was a really strange morning. Um, I was sleeping, and, like, I was trying to find, like, a a position where it didn't feel like I was spinning. And then my agent called me and was just like, yeah, you were long-listed for the Giller. And I didn't know what was happening. And I thought I was, like, hallucinating or something. And then she was like, no, like, you are. I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So then, like, the excitement came, and then I promptly threw up. So it was just, it was a really weird day. That
7: is a strange time. Was <laughs> Do you think the vertigo was prompted by the anticipation of the announcement? I don't know how vertigo works. I've seen the film. <laughs> how does vertigo work exactly?
1: I don't, I still don't know. Like, I, um... <laughs> I just, because I, uh, I was in Vermont and I landed and usually I get sick after oh, I do a flying. flight. Oh, yeah, right. But uh, I didn't get sick. Instead, I got vertigo. I didn't know what was happening for the first... Had you had it before? I've never had it before. Oh. So I didn't know what was happening for the first couple of days and then I went to the uh, I went to a walk-in clinic and projectile vomited everywhere. So then he was like, go to the emergency room, please. And then I went to the emergency room and they were like, just take gravel. The gravel didn't work and then it all ends with me going um, to a physiotherapist to do like a maneuver and this is a very long story that has nothing no, to no, do. No, no,
7: it had everything. It had vertigo and projectile vomiting and then a physiotherapist. You can't go wrong when there you throw you one go. of those you into your story. I thought it was good. Are you okay now? I'm okay now. It's, okay. Been, it's been gone okay. for a while. Tell us uh, more about this book. I've read this book. I enjoy this book very much. Can you kind of offer a synopsis of the book for those who haven't read it yet? By the way, It looks like that. It's called Frank Lantan. It's available everywhere. Yes. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, please, can you characterize it for us?
1: Sure. It's um, 12 linked short stories, although a lot of people think it's a novel. There was this great review where this guy was like, wow, it's like short stories. And I was like, yeah, it it is. (laughs) (laughs) And it follows uh, one character named Kara Davis from when she's about, when she's nine to about when she's 21. Um, And it's, you know, coming of age sort of stuff. And um, yeah, family and and like you know bullying and and all that kind of stuff and it takes place in toronto It became a very toronto-centric uh collection and yeah
7: now why would the reviewer think it might be a novel and not a short story collection
1: i think it's because it follows the same characters that's generally what i hear when people are confused because i have people come up to me being like so this didn't read like a novel like it was like short stories I was like, because they were short stories. But they're Um,
7: interconnected short stories. But they're interconnected.
1: Like, and it's chronological order, but... um it's
7: a lot like a novel.
1: It is a lot like a novel, except it's not a novel because like, novels have linkages and stuff like that, whereas with a short story, like, if I end it when she's 10 and I jump to when she's 15, I don't have to explain what's happening between 10 and 15 because it's a new story. Right, it's not right. a novel. So that was generally why I didn't do it. I was just super lazy. Whereas, like, I was like, I just want to go to this part of her life. I don't really want to explain what happened between those ages. But it
7: does have this amazing flow where I do feel like I'm following this person's life well, that's but, great. But it's... Highly <laughs> <and, laughs> glad. And that, and that the stories are definitely connected. I mean, we've, yeah. we've said that, and, and they, they speak to one another. Yeah. Okay. Is there a reason why... Oh, I think we talked about this before, but I want to ask again, because it's fun. Is there a reason you chose short stories as a way to tell this particular character's story as opposed to a novel? Well, at first, You said laziness, but that can't be the only reason. Well,
1: actually, at first I thought I was writing a novel. I wrote uh, my first story, and I was like, yeah, this is the first chapter. And my mentor was like, that's not a chapter, it's a story. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So then I wrote a second. What thing. is it?
7: Well, I don't. What's the distinction? Is it because it didn't say like one, <laughs> at the top of the page? No, I think or it's because there's it, different numbers.
1: Because it with the <laughs> with the story, I think it goes through an arc. Like the, there's a beginning, middle, and end. Which, right, of course. And so with a chapter, there's a there's sort of like a cliffhanger, or at least something that makes the reader want to go on to the next chapter that picks up from so whereas with this one they were just like self-contained stories
7: I found it completely compelling like I wanted to I felt like I was learning about the characters as it was going what is the significance of the title Frying Plantain?
1: Okay so there's like two different sort of like responses to that one is that when I was workshopping this a lot of people it was only 90 pages at the time and a lot of people were just kind of like so this is really heavy and it's really tense and every time there's only every time there's a moment of levity It's always around food. I didn't know that. Um, I was also taking a food writing course at the same time. Uh And uh, we had to do, like, an ode to our favorite food. And my favorite food just happened to be plantain. So I did, like, this 500-page ode to plantain. And I put it in my collection as its own sort of flash fiction piece. And I was like, what I'm going to do is that between every, like, long piece of story, I'm going to do a short fiction piece and it's going to be like light and happy so people can get off my back about how depressing it is And um, but that didn't quite work out because flash fiction pieces are very difficult it's 500 words and I, I wasn't really getting it so then I ended up incorporating those flash pieces into my longer work and then the story that becomes uh, Frying Plantain that's where I put the ode to plantain in it and then I realized once I had um, incorporated it to the longer story it spoke to other themes it spoke to things like you know uh, cultural inheritance. It spoke to because, like, she watches her grandmother like peel the plantain and fry the plantain, and she realizes that she can't really emulate that because she's not from Jamaica herself. Um, and then it becomes about forgiveness and healing and all of these different things. Just came became tied up in that, and that's how company okay. did that. Okay, yeah. Did you have a
6: I did. I had a question about the structure. Uh, the the short stories. Have you had anyone tell you that they read it out of order? Like in no. And ha- have you considered? what the experience would be reading it out of order or or because it's chronological, Ooh. it just kind of naturally...
1: That's an interesting flow question. Well. Um, well, I think it would be kind of cool to read out of order because I didn't write it in order. Like, I wrote my the last story first. I wrote the fourth story second. So um, I think it just ended up being chronological because that's what people thought would be more um, platable to, like, you know, readers. But I think... I think if you started from the fifth story and you worked your way to the fourth story, I think you'd end up getting the same sort of feel that you get huh. chronologically. I just think that um, I think you just you know, you get introduced to Karen at a different point in her life. So it might kind of be like, oh this is how she starts and oh that's why and like this is why so
7: So when you reissue this book and have it remastered and remixed, you can just <laughs> you know, fuck up all the story, yeah, like the chronology. And then people will be like, whoa, this blew my mind. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that could happen. Well, it's a remarkable book. What's kind of... So, you know, great success right off the start, which is Thank amazing. Uh, what's sort of next for you? Are you working on another yeah. collection of chapters or stories?
1: <laughs> I am working on a young adult novel, a fantasy novel, which is totally different from this. Right now, it's like 282 pages of mess. And I like, gave it to two writers to be like, can you please tell me what I'm doing So like I can like finish it because I I like to do that. So that's basically that's nice. That's
7: a nice that kind of you know that goes back to our literary festival discussion about the camaraderie among authors. You you have are you a mentor at this point?
1: No, I don't think I'm ready to be one. I've only had one book and I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's just I would I feel very bad for someone who had me as their mentor. Let me let
7: me just say this. You seem to me like mentor material. (laughs) You would be a good mentor. If I might say, how about it? Where's the applause sign for that? That was, <laughs> Thank you. I was just fishing for that. No, but it's true. I, I haven't. I've, we've had a couple of interactions and I, I have a nice warmth feeling like Aww. warm feelings here. So I might hit you up for some advice. Frankly, okay. I need it. Uh, where can people go to learn more about your book and you? Okay.
1: Oh, uh, so I have a website, it's dot I'm also on IG Zleka RB, Twitter, but I'm really, really yeah. You have Twitter.
7: an odd Twitter handle.
1: Yeah. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I was, I was in, looking
7: for it the other day. I'm like, this yeah, can't be right. But it,
1: I was like a very pretentious undergrad when I came up with that handle. So it's Literati one six seven. Don't judge me. What does um, the 167 mean? It was just because Literata I was taken, and I felt like 167 just went with it. So I was like, yeah, that Literata is, that 167. Is, that is pretentious. It was very pretentious. I well, was in, like, my first year. You,
7: you figured you'd be the 167th literati. <laughs> that's that's good. Okay, so people can follow. But you don't do much on I their, don't
1: really do much on Twitter. I don't really like... You know, a lot
7: of writers Twitter. love Twitter because it's the, the writing.
1: Yeah, but, like, it's it's like so compact and then you end up getting into conversation i prefer instagram because i post something and leave it i'm just like okay people can like it or people can't. don't you hate
7: all of it though i kind of i'm sick of all <laughs> of it now it doesn't make me feel good it's all emotionally manipulative you know kind of crap anyway <laughs> tell us how you Zaliga really feel on social media <laughs> and uh we have to take a quick break uh and then uh, uh james hartnett and michael balazzo are on next uh but how about a nice big warm round of applause for Zalika Reed Benta? Thank you. We'll be back. Thanks for being here at the season premiere of Long Night at Long Winter 8.1 at the Transact Club. Who's having a good time so far? It's nice to have you all here. Thank you so much. And how about another round of applause for Zalika, our first guest. She was great. Our next guest hosts the uh, landlord and tenant pod mess, and I'm a big fan of both of them. They're Uh, Local comedians and I I just I I can't say enough about them. Uh, Please say hello to Michael Balazzo and James Hartnett. Everyone, hello, everybody. Nice to have you back. Great to be here. The last time we had a thing like this was on the Transact stage. Yeah,
3: are we the first uh, two timers on this show? You seem like two timers to me. What do you? I I I do have affairs. (laughs)
0: On my girlfriend.
3: Whereas I am
7: strictly monogamous. <laughs> uh, no, we, we have repeat guests from time to time, but you, it's rare to have two people back who were on uh. together before, so it's nice to have you, and it's always, I like seeing you guys.
3: Have you met James? We met briefly before the show. Hello, James. We so, didn't meet before the show.
7: James, uh, this is James. Is this <laughs>
3: going to be awkward? That
6: Vish B- wants to keep the Jameses away yeah, from each other. Yeah, yeah. So. I it's, like, it's like
3: you in the future.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, what, I say that with love. I don't know who
7: that offends, yeah. frankly, but that's, that's true. It does feel like some kind of mirror thing happening <laughs> there. Anyway, yeah. it's nice to have you guys here. Uh, I want to begin by uh, asking you about... Uh, one of the recent episodes of your show, which I enjoy. Thanks. Uh, you were at the Santa Claus parade, James. What was going on there?
0: Well, uh, on the show, it was the we went to the Santa Claus parade. I know. I just said. Okay. That. Well, it's uh, you know, and uh, we went too early, so uh, we were just sitting there. I mean, this we didn't really do this. It was like a a, a joke.
7: Some kind of production. Yeah, we had involved. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So okay.
0: we we um, a ruse. It was yeah. a ruse right. and we went too early to the Santa Claus Parade and uh, no one was there until finally we did see a float but it turned out just to be a really unpleasant, aggressive uh, Wexit float. Oh, interesting. You know, of a bunch of big guys in balaclavas. And they
3: had a, uh, a sort of Trudeau puppet in a noose. Yeah. <laughs> so it ended up being a bad time. That's what the LOS Canada do. Wake up.
7: They mm-hmm. wake up and do that. That's true. They, I, I just said they wake up but it's true. That's what they. That is what they do. Okay, mm-hmm. so... We should tell people who don't know about your show. Uh, Michael, what is the landlord and tenant pod mess?
3: Well, it's a premise that I think, if not to speak for both of us, it's a premise that I think we both regret at this point. (laughs) Um, we, We started this comedy podcast, and we didn't want to do something where just people came on and talked about how their careers had gone... Um, we want to have some fun. Trajectory, so, yes. like a biographical. Yeah. You know, like There's that a, failed podcast, uh, WTF. Yes, you know? yes no yeah. one why would anyone to that?
7: That's right. Why would anyone follow that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
3: we decided to have a bit of a premise to ours where uh, it's every episode is <laughs> recorded in my studio apartment, and I am a uh, struggling uh, tenant living in James's building. That's the premise of the show. That's yeah. the premise of the and show. And a
0: landlord. So yeah. each episode, Mike and I have a little sort of storyline going. And then we have usually a comedian on, or you. You've been on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or and a musician. we just talk.
3: We've had some musicians. Robin Hatch. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Robin's great. Teen Ravine. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. No. no. That's, yeah, that's, he, uh, he's been on.
7: Now, what was the, this is a, clearly a show, a little bit about power dynamics. Is that fair to say?
3: Yes, we're always a little bit at each other's throats on the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Our characters on the yeah. show hate
0: each other. Mike says... He wants me to die often. Yeah. Now, why is that? Why do you want that James to die, Mike?
3: It's just part... It's, it's like uh, the... Odd, it's classic odd couple show. It's an odd stuff, couple so, yeah, show. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just a character I play. I don't but, wish uh, you to die Oh, thank you.
7: That's life. nice. Yeah. It's nice that we can have it a hand for that. There's yeah. some healing going on. I think that's yeah. good. Thank, thank you. you. Half-hearted applause at best. No one really is worried about you two, but I am. I listen <laughs> to your show, and I worry about your dynamic all the time. Mm. Now, uh, thank you. So, 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 how did you two meet the real yous, well, How did you two meet, per se? Do you remember, James? Let's go to you.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, yes. The first time I saw Mike, I was at Frosh Week at U of T. Uh Uh-huh. And I... Oh, U of T? Okay. (laughs) Shout out. Anyone here go to post-secondary education? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in my Frosh Week, I saw a funny band... What do you call it? A funny band. Joke and, band. And Mike was in a funny band d- at my <laughs> Frosh Week. They were so funny. They were called the Gentleman Callers. And Mike was in this funny band with his brother and another guy. Don't know what happened to him. And then um, we met just doing comedy. And uh, But that's the first time I saw you, so, Mike. Y- Very funny. That, does
3: that check out with you, Mike? It does check out. Although it does make me sound like I am like twice your age. <laughs> but I'm only a
7: few years older. You yes. were also an undergrad at the time. No. Oh, I was part of the... <laughs>
3: She's hired older. professional entertainment Are you
7: significantly older than James? No, no Only okay. a few Okay <laughs> yeah. Alright All right. It depends
0: if you think a few a decade, is significant yeah. I mean.
7: yeah. What, yeah. How did you get into doing comedy? You were in school like, yeah. Were you doing comedy during school?
0: Yeah I did like U of T stuff And got an agent And then uh, You we got then, an
7: agent as a student?
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean to do like Tim Horton commercial auditions. It wasn't. A, Does that mean deal? you're a child star? Yeah. Were you a child star? Yeah, yeah kind of. You were a right. child star. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, twenties. Okay. You are still a kid. <laughs>
7: and, and <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike, what about you? How did you
3: uh, enter comedy, so to speak? Um, through that joke band that uh, James mentioned earlier. Yeah. You are a musician on some. Oh, level. He's good. Not, not like these guys that's here for the band. I'm gonna cheer uh, for the bicycles, everyone. He's yeah.
0: deflecting. Yeah. Mike, um, you know what Mike's amazing at? Harmony, give him a note. He can do the harmony. I'm, I'm the Brian Wilson of
3: the Toronto indie
7: comedy scene. Is that right? You you can hit some notes. We have <laughs> Owen Paladon on later. He might be interested. Oh shit, I'm busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very talented, you know. Yes, James mentioned he's Oscar nominated. That, that's oh, that's wow. not that's not oh. easy to do. I don't. Yeah, think. I mean, we're
3: not. No, we we haven't even been nominated for a Canadian podcasting <laughs> award. <laughs> <laughs> now you are you are
7: a little you are a little down on your own show. That is something I've noticed. You're a little hard on yourselves. What are you expecting from the world with your podcast, exactly, Mike? Is it James? Would you agree? I feel like it's mostly Mike.
0: Well, you know, Mike. Mike. It's in his nature to to say, "Oh, you know, it's no big deal." He's humble.
3: Because I'm. Well, I have Eastern European heritage, so it's very uh, a very pessimistic uh, pessimistic outlook on life. But yeah. like yeah. this
7: Canadian podcasting award thing that you bring up is a complete farce, isn't it? <laughs> Um, like it does. It those turns, are your
3: words <laughs> I, I,
7: I've never been nominated I've been doing a show For a while Now for those awards though
3: You have to like Submit yourself and pay Yeah <laughs> to That's submit? Just a scam It's you a know, racket yeah.
7: Yeah. It's, it's a total racket So why do we care About this stuff Are you You're gonna keep Doing the show I'm gonna keep Doing this show
3: We're gonna keep Doing it as long as um, Our Patreon keeps Just paying for the production of it <laughs> the minute we have to pay out of our own pockets i'm throwing the microphones into lake ontario right yeah. right
7: no no but it's a great show i think people should check thank it you, out it you. deserves a bigger audience but thank there's you. it's a little bit hard to do comedy in canada isn't you is it is it, is it is oh it right? no v- <laughs> <laughs> i mean mike myers is from here he's oh, done well dan
3: Aykroyd. Uh, the list yeah. goes on That's and that on that yeah, yeah yeah so
7: I don't understand why everyone's having such a tough time doing comedy. James, you do comedy. Aren't you rolling d- in it? I don't. It?
3: That is a lie.
7: You don't do comedy? No.
3: Oh, you quit, didn't you?
6: I did, yeah.
7: Yeah, that's Have you
3: ever reached out to Ackroyd to either do this show or your uh, private podcast? Uh, my private podcast? What does that mean? What does the that The one mean? that you have on the dark net. No, uh, no, I don't know no. that. The-
7: I met Dan Aykroyd once. Ooh, in my life Keep going Do you want to hear the story? You have a fixation on Dan Aykroyd You think he's we a We like to poke fun Strange figure in yeah. com- can he, But he's a kind of a Did you like the movie Spies Like Us?
3: I That was one of the first movies I saw as a child Me too And it was The theme song was by Paul McCartney That's right
7: Yes that, The good Are you doing a trivia night? What's What's going on?
3: Who's now known as Grand Dude anyway, Is that right? Okay yeah. Anyway
7: yeah, I met Dan Aykroyd at the last Tragically Hip show in Kingston. He was in, <laughs> sitting in my section, and I went. to I was like, "Guys, I should go say hi to Dan Aykroyd. I really <laughs> like Spies Like Us." So he I'm was. I'm sure invo- that's how
3: most people approach him and like, "You're the guy from Spies Like Us." So
7: he's sitting with his wife, who is uh, also in the movie Spies Like Us. No. So I walk over and I say, "Hey, Mr. Aykroyd, I'm a big fan." Vish, uh, she's like, "Oh, Vish, how's it going? Great." Uh, blah blah blah. And I say, uh, yeah, it's nice to see you, and I, you're lovely too, I said to his wife. And I say, is it, do you think we could get a photo? He's like, no, 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 I'm not here, I'm not here. If they find out I'm here, they're going to drag me out of here, V. you got to get out of here. So I left.
3: Wow. What
7: does that mean? He's Dan Aykroyd. He might have been drunk or something. Did I don't he try to give you a Caesar? Did he try to give me a Caesar? Yeah. What is that? Is
0: well, that he a had move? a very popular campaign of National Caesar Day. With no. Mox
3: Clamato. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, I yeah. He was very us.
0: honestly unappetizing. Telling, having Dan Aykroyd tell you to drink a but Caesar this, for yeah. some reason.
3: This Audience, <laughs> never accept a drink from Dan Aykroyd. No, it doesn't seem like it. It just doesn't man Men and seem
6: women. doesn't seem like a call. Who was going to take him away?
3: I don't know. I think he
7: was just trying to get rid of me. Like he didn't want to draw attention to himself. The band
3: or security? Well, he
7: was in us. we were all in like a pretty close section. I think he just didn't want to draw attention to it. Did he
3: have a beef with Gord Downie? <laughs> no, 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 no,
7: nothing like that. No, I think they were quite good friends. You know he got them on Saturday Night Live. I remember that. I remember that too. Yeah, Ladies and
3: gentlemen, please nice. welcome the best band from Canada, the Hip. You really dislike him, don't you? <laughs> no, I love. Mike. I don't think you like Dan Aykroyd. He's very talented. You know, he's you know.
7: He's a big fan of uh, the blues. <laughs> he loves Mississippi Delta blues. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the most authentic kind. Michael, I think you're wrong to make fun of him. Now, you both are comedians who I love very much, James. Thanks. You put out a record. What was it last year?
0: Yes. What was it called? It's called or- Get Bent. Get Bent. Stand-up album. It's on iTunes. Please check it out.
7: You know, iTunes, I don't think, exists anymore. I oh, think they got well, I don't it, know. Right? Yeah, it's on some Apple Music. Google. Apple Music, Apple I think, is what music. It's Apple on, Music. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It's yeah. a wonderfully funny album. How many albums have you put out?
0: That's the one.
7: Uh, so I'm working do... on a number two. Are you working on it now?
0: Well, yeah. Trying to.
7: How's that going?
0: It's hard. I found after doing, you know, you said you um, build up so much to record like an hour or so. Yeah. And then it's really hard to think of like news. I don't know. You feel like you left it all out there. It's hard to come up with new material. It's hard to do work. Yeah, it's really hard. It's hard to do work. But mm-hmm.
7: how many years uh, of material was that, would you say? Oh
0: god. I mean, most of it was a couple, but some I mean, it was the first one I did. Yeah. So some of it was awfully old.
7: But it was, encur- it was encouraging. Like you want to keep doing it. You don't oh, want to yeah. qu- You want to be like James here in quick mm-hmm. comedy, do you, James?
0: No, I am your future. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> now Michael, big exciting news You have a comedy album taping
3: I have a taping, it's exciting news Yeah, I'm going to cheer for you, the guy's going to make a comedy album Thank you
7: What's the details there?
3: What's uh, going on? I'm recording it very soon uh, December 3rd and 4th at the Ossington, uh right here in Toronto, uh, two nights Different lineups and uh, James is doing one of the nights mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Please come, everybody. It's pay what you can. And, uh, is this your? Why did you stress that at the end? <laughs> <laughs> Mike is nagging himself and us. Yeah,
0: Mike. Even if you charge ten bucks, people you can charge would Charge
3: whatever you want. I mean, here, who here would pay to see any comedy? <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Mike, Greg. you're Greg. Oh, you're
3: cucking us. <laughs>
7: <laughs> they they paid to get into this i mean oh, this shit. this is technically comedy anyway yes, uh, is this
3: your first album it is my first album yes yeah okay and so
7: how many years of material are we talking about um
3: here? so i've done stand up for a long time on and off so it's some jokes i'm doing are almost 10 years old and some are just uh, very recent I'm just trying to collect the best of my material 10 years old so is
7: it it dated are we going to hear like jokes about Joey Butta Joey Butta
3: a lot of uh, Y2K material Y2K material yeah Yeah.
7: I think we've gone way past 10 years by the way but I've lost track of time but yeah
3: (laughs) so no it must be exciting it is exciting, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be great, and uh, you'll, you'll be hearing a lot more from me in the future. I, I
7: think <laughs> so. I think that's fair to say. Okay, now where can people go to learn uh, more about your podcast and maybe you individually? James, why don't you start?
0: Uh, well, I'm on Twitter, at James Hartnett. Very pod-
7: funny on the Twitter. Thank you so I much. Think you're, I think you're amusing. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And um, the podcast is very fun, funny. We have a lot of local comedians who are great.
7: Well, I'm just saying you know. that some people are funny and also vish oh, every time. Oh God!
3: What did I do on the show again? You had me on to talk. We about- had a tech problem where yeah. I was sweating quite hard. Oh, yeah, so I you were frazzled. To- I had yeah. come all
7: the way from
0: Guelph. right? <laughs> no, we're having you for round two. No tech problems. <laughs> okay. And you
3: did some sort of uh,
0: freestyle rap.
7: I I really enjoyed. No, I actually highly criticized your theme song, which you wrote. Yes. Can we? Can you do an acapella version of it right now? <laughs> uh, Just just the words "landlord" (laughs) and "tenant" repeated twice. No, but you wrote this very synth-oriented theme song that I enjoyed, but I I pretended I didn't. Yes. And then I wrote a freestyle rap about you guys, and yeah, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was
0: good. That uh, was—is
7: that the best
3: episode of the show? It is our most downloaded episode of all time. Yeah.
7: (laughs) It cannot be true, but that's—it's got to be up there, right? I mean, it is. Yes. I'm almost almost a nominee for the Canadian Podcasting Awards. Uh, I think aren't we all really? I think everyone here should
0: should be. be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
7: Sorry, uh, 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 the show is great, and, and you're on you. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Landlord
0: and tenant podmas.
7: Landlord Do-do-do. and tenant podmas. It's wonderful. And 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 Mike, what about you? Where oh, I'm
3: on. I'm also on Twitter at m Balazzo and uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play under the name of the show. Oh. And yes. it's a great show. You should keep doing it. Thank you. We will. Thank you. Yes. I, I, I appreciate that.
7: All right. How about a hand for uh, Mike and James? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, and then Owen Pallett will be out here. Stick around. Thank you very much. A cheer for the best goddamn band in the land, the bicycles. <laughs> Busting out the landlord and tenant Podmes theme song. Thank you so much. I really do love you guys. I want you to know that. No matter what happens to me and to you, I think you're great. How about another hand for James and Mike of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess? All right, our next guest is an Oscar-nominated uh, artist and uh, one of our, our greatest artists to ever come out of this particular city, if I might say. Please make some noise for Owen Pallet. Hi, Beesh, Hello. Nice to see you. Is it? What is that supposed to mean? Of course it is. Why would you make things awkward right away? Because it's me? Because you know that's what I'm going to do? Why would you do that to me?
4: I was just I was just asking for confirmation. Do you know that every
7: time I've driven to Toronto lately, I end up some, some except for today, but I end up kind of driving through Parkdale because that's what the map tells me, and I always see you walking around.
4: I'm I have a dog, so I'm often walking oh, around pa- Parkdale with the dog. Well, not my dog anymore. Uh, I lost the dog in the breakup.
7: Oh, I'm sorry.
4: But I'm still walking her.
7: Wait a minute. You lost the dog, but you have the responsibility <laughs> of the dog. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. It's not something where you're just going through the muscle memory of walking a dog, but there's nothing there?
4: No, it's like one of those things. Uh, my therapist is explaining it to me. It's like because I still want to kind of connect to him in the relationship. So I show up at his house a lot under the auspices of wanting to walk the dog.
7: Oh, man. Breaking up is so hard to do. Actually,
4: it's great. It's going great. It's going well? <laughs> yeah, it's That's awesome. Nice. It's okay. a great breakup.
7: Oh, and I mentioned in my brief intro that you, I think of you as a, you know, a real important figure from Toronto, but where are you actually from? Are you from here?
4: Uh, I was born in Mississauga.
7: Oh, so nearby. Mm-hmm.
4: And what was that like for you? To, uh, you did you grow up there? Um, I lived there for a while, but uh, my parents were split up, and their divorce was pretty acrimonious, so I was kind of bouncing around. Oh, I see. Was there a dog involved? Nope. Okay, good. Let's move on. I, I tried to
7: make it fun, and it didn't work out at all. No, uh, okay, so were you mostly in Mississauga? You know what's great about Mississauga? Indian restaurants. My first
4: exposure to Indian food was actually in Mississauga. Okay. And uh, I don't recall this event. I was probably three years old, but uh, we went to this Indian restaurant because my parents really liked Indian food, and they told me, I'm sure we'll find things that you can eat, and they asked the people to make the food quite not spicy for my three-year-old tongue. And uh, every dish that came out, I was not able to eat it. Um, I would just I could, would put it in my mouth and would react with pain, and uh, but then they had rice pudding for dessert. Kheer, it's, it's called kheer. It's called kheer.
7: I don't want to school you in your story about Indian food, but it's called kheer. Okay. Can any are there any Indians here? What am I talking about? There probably aren't. Uh, anybody white? Uh, nice to see you. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Talk about your rice pudding. Story. It's okay. So it's
4: called kheer. Yeah, it is. I've heard that uh, uh, everywhere in India, it's called kheer. Is I have. I can't. Ver-
7: I've been to India, but not everywhere. I can't verify. People probably call it all sorts of weird fucking things. But yeah, I call it kheer. My mom calls it kheer. Okay,
4: yeah. I, I will call it kheer. Little like slivers
7: of almonds, maybe. I was three. I don't remember. Okay, sorry. Continue. Mm-hmm.
4: So I ate it, and um, all the way home, I was talking about how it was my favorite restaurant. Oh. Yeah. Because all I ate was kheer. Do you remember yeah. the restaurant? Uh, no. Is it still there? Uh, no, it's gone. Okay. Do you get back to Mississauga much? Mm, yeah, I have aunts and uncles that live there. I sometimes go and visit them in their McMansion. And, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's what it is. Nice, mm. nice. Mm-hmm. So
7: how did you end up in Toronto? I don't actually, we've talked thousands of times in this mm-hmm. sort of context, interviews, but I don't remember how you got to Toronto. How did you get to Toronto? Not, um, not literally the bus, car. I mean, why are you in Toronto now? I
4: went to U of T. Oh, you went to UT. Too? Yeah, I enrolled did at you, University of Toronto. Did
7: you happen to see the gentlemen callers performing by any chance? Yeah, she, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Mike's band. You did. Yeah. How were they? It was terrific. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's great. No, there was a lot of there was a lot of bands coming out of UT. Like that's where Steve Cato and I met. Was oh at, okay at UT. from the Blocks yeah. Recording Club. Yeah, we met actually when I was twenty and he was nineteen. I met Leontani on the same day when he was sixteen. Sixteen? Yeah. He was only, oh I didn't realize he was that. only sixteen at the time. Yeah, he's he's but he's aged since then. No, he's still sixteen. He's still sixteen. No.
7: Now this room, we're in the Transac, which I consider to be very significant to Toronto's independent arts community. Does this particular place have any significance for you? Uh, do you have a, I know you have a history here of some sort.
4: Um yeah, I mean the first thing that comes to mind was I remember seeing an AIDS Wolf show here before AIDS Wolf got good cuz they really got good at the end. Like it was the best live performance I've ever seen it was like the last three AIDS, AIDS Wolf shows I saw. But this was before then, when they were still really bad. Where Where are they from? They're from Montreal. They're from Montreal, right. So, Chloe was singing, and she decided to put her entire mouth over the microphone and just go, oh, except like really loud. Uh And I was standing over there next to the speaker, and it was so loud, I saw the speaker glow. It just suddenly started glowing. I didn't know speakers could do that. And um, I think I lost some hearing. But that's the second time, actually, that I experienced physical pain at an AIDS Wolf concert. Uh the first being late two thousand four when I broke my ankle while they were playing and uh Chloe said as I uh hobbled at the door, uh, let's play that song. Owens clearly really likes that song, so yeah
7: this band sounds bad for your health I don't it seems like nothing good has come oh I think AIDS about world. them every day I think they're a great band oh, okay awesome yeah. so uh, you, you UT and then you started you mentioned Steve Cato and, and mm-hmm. the other so you got kind of immersed in the arts community that's fair to say yeah and we, what was your role in Blocks exactly it was a collective right
4: uh, I ran it. Yeah. You ran the whole thing? No. <laughs> it was a collective, was it not? Um, kind of. It uh, incorporated as a, uh as a non-profit. Um, was it for-profit? No, it was non-profit. Did you make any money, Owen? Uh, I made lots of money. Yeah you, yeah, you sold a lot of records for blocks. I, I didn't think. make as much money as I should have. Is this becoming a legal dispute? It's just supposed to be a friendly conversation. (laughs) No, 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 it wasn't that. I just, I just, I didn't. I set up a corporation, and so I was paying a lot of uh, personal taxes. So,
7: like, we're talking about those days. Those are what we were talking about. What, fifteen years ago, something like that. Yeah,
5: something like
4: that.
7: What what do you think of that time now? We, I mentioned the Oscars. You're nominated for an Oscar. You are you still an Arcade Fire?
4: I was never in Arcade Fire. You,
7: kinda, you, you sort of are in Arcade Fire.
4: No, I'm let friends re- with Arcade Fire.
7: Your Honor, let the record show. The Witness is clearly a member of Arcade Fire. <laughs> no, you, you have been a touring member of Arcade Fire? What do you call yourself? Do you call yourself Owen Pallet? I don't know where I'm going with this. You are a member of Arcade
4: Fire, you're not? You kind of hang out with it's them? It's like this Are you a member of CBC? No, I don't work there. I haven't worked there for like five or six years. But are you a member of CBC? No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think I'm a member of Arcade Why Fire. Why would you bring
7: that up? That's just like a place I used to work. This is very depressing. Well, you now. brought up Arcade Fire. You no, know, they fired me, right? They got rid of me. I don't want it to. Did the Arcade Fire fire you? No, they never fired me. Okay, no. So if they were to, let's say Arcade Fire were to reconvene and go out on a tour or make a record.
4: <laughs> Owen Pallett, are you involved in this process in any way? I don't know. And if I did know, I, I wouldn't... You wouldn't I tell me? No, I wouldn't.
7: Why I, not? We have all sorts of conversations. We talk about Kier.
4: I know. Look, I'm, I'm happy to disclose all manner of things about my personal life, but I prefer not to talk about my clients. Okay.
7: Oh, clients. <laughs> yeah. So you you they work for you. Okay, I get it now. No, 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 no. No, no, I I I work for them. Right? Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't didn't understand what you were saying. What are you kind of up to these days? Because you just played a show. James uh, Keese. Have you met James? Uh, Yeah, I know James. James was just uh, saying he saw you perform in Toronto. At uh, where was the show?
6: It was at the Longboat. Oh. Uh, Former site of this very talk show. Are you doing the applause sign for a building? That's where we do the show. Oh, we used to do the shows.
7: We used to do Long Night at the Longboat Hall, and then we made them so successful, Long Winter, they mm. kicked us out. Oh, yeah. You can't... Transact! Hey, how about a big cheer for the Transact? <laughs> Why be going down bad memory lane? No, it's we can't do it there anymore. So That's you just played a show. What's the occasion? Do
4: you have new music
7: uh, written and recorded? Yeah, I got a
4: record. It's been done for a couple of years, but uh, I um, I don't know when I'm putting it out yet. Okay,
7: okay. So are you playing the songs live?
4: Yeah, I'm playing them, touring them, got shows here and there and stuff like that. Putting together a new live show, well, I put it together. I'm just kind of like refining it at this point.
7: Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I assume somewhere down the line, you and I can have a more thorough discussion about this new album, right? Sure, yeah. You want to come over? This experience hasn't sullied our relationship in any way
4: no i still see you as a, a valuable asset to uh you know my career trajectories so. <laughs> that's good that's
7: all i want that's all i want to be i'm glad you said it like that when you put it that way it feels particularly nice you're doing something at the art gallery of ontario
4: yeah um there was a peter paul rubens exhibition that's still ongoing and uh, they asked me to uh, create some kind of a musical uh, accompaniment slash intervention something. So uh, I went to my friends at Clavier Baroque, who are uh, they're fantastic harpsichord makers, and they're based here in Toronto and have been um, kind of... Yeah, Dan uh, and Don. Yeah, Dan and Don, they're amazing. And their harpsichords are... Harpsichord
7: heckle, sort of. Yeah, that, that is rare. That's that that is the is first a time. True Transac moment.
4: But yeah, Woohoo! so they uh, they brought in a couple of harpsichords um, because you know at the time that Rubens was painting these paintings in Antwerp it was also the heyday of the harpsichord. The Flemish harpsichord was being made. It was by a family just down the street from them. And while he never owned one or painted one, he often visited their uh, workshop and stuff like this. Oh, so, I see. Um, so I, I wanted to have a sort of harpsichord installation, but also have the music that was being played to be somewhat of a you know, slice across the work that was being played. So I adapted some Julius Eastman works to be played as this kind of like a you know drone. Not only because I felt that the aesthetic of the work kind of complimented the paintings, but also the politics of the work kind of uh, contrasted. So uh, that's what I did. And we did a gala concert too with a, a bunch of works for antiphonal choir by Chris Dirksen and Matt Smith that composed work uh, specifically for the event. And I wrote something too.
7: You seem smart.
4: Oh. You said that, a lot. You that said,
7: sounds you like such an insult. No, no, you do. You, you seem it. like a smart guy. You use the word gala. I caught that. That was good. It's amazing how much stuff you. Should I do. take over? No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm having a good time. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. I don't know about you. No, it's that. That sounds great. What are the dates of that though? Is it uh, like, I the mean? The gala has already transpired. M- right. It happened a bit. You a month said ago. it again. Yeah. An
4: unbelievable word. It really, Am I saying it right? You could say gala, but yeah, that's, I that's don't a think kind that's of an right. apple, I no, think. Ga- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gala is um, go. It goes on, I believe, until pretty much until the end of the year, but you should go now.
7: Okay. And uh, sorry, it's at It's at the AGO. At the AGO. It's at the AGO, at AGO. okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else is going on? Is that pretty much it? You're working on this record that may be out next year.
6: I, I have questions.
7: Oh, God. What is the. Qu- sorry, I didn't
6: mean the- that was rude. Yes? <laughs> yes, James? Well, uh, so the first was a two part question. First, why. It has there is the record done, and why isn't it out yet? Or or why? What's 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 the barrier to it being out? And the second part of that is where do you live? I would like to come over and hear it. So if you could maybe play it for me, because uh, I'm I'm keen to. We're getting I, into some sticky. Legal, legal I, I saw a lot of it at the around, show, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. really enjoyed it. I'd like to to listen to it more often.
4: Well, despite my <laughs> gregarious public persona, um, I am uh, going through a number of mental health issues, oh. and um, this has kind of kicked back the record several times, and as in addition to this, um, the label is trying to find like the right time to put it out, because they, like me, acknowledge that's a work of genius, and it needs the proper amount of, a proper amount of uh, you know, it needs to be released at the right time. Uh, that's the answer to your first question. Your second question is uh, I live in... I, I'm actually displaced right now. I don't have a place Fair. to live. Um, I'm staying in an Airbnb, um, close to my ex-boyfriend, who I'm totally not stalking. Um, and, uh, is my there dog. a police
7: officer here? <laughs> I'm nervous about many things at this
4: moment. No, that's... Uh,
7: first of all, I didn't realize you were having struggles. I, I'm sorry to hear that. Are you feeling... You're doing... You seem good right now. You're oh, I'm great these days. Would it, yeah. be, would it be helpful for you if you and I just got together and had chats.
4: <laughs> Are you a therapist? More or less. <laughs> Do you have a good sense of boundaries? Absolutely. Do you yes. respect my bodily autonomy? I can. Do you <laughs> seek to harm me? No, I don't believe so. Okay, then I think we can hang out. I
7: think we should chat more, and I'd like okay. to help you if I can, and <laughs> I need help too. So it's, I will say it means a lot that you would agree to be on this show uh, because it's not that good. And I <laughs> I think it's lovely of you to make time for it. That's all I, I want to say. Now, if people want to learn more about Owen Pallett uh, on the
4: computers and the phones, where should they go? <laughs> I just have to interject. I've always thought you are like, the funniest guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. You... You have like, very... I've always, I've always wanted you to be the host for Polaris because every single time that you're doing the kind of like the uh, red carpet or anything, uh-huh. you're always making everyone so uncomfortable, <laughs> and I'm I never stop laughing. That's it's what most so producers. Great.
7: That's what producers want in a host of a major <laughs> gala. I got to say the word too. They want someone who makes everyone completely uncomfortable all the time. Dude. No, th- I think you just described my limited appeal very well. <laughs> Guy's wow. kind of a dick, but he's funny. Great. What <laughs> do we are do with so that? He's oh, so funny. so oh, No, I appreciate it. No, I, I, uh, what I, was the question? Uh, where can people go to learn more about you on, on the internet if oh. you want them to? You're at, oh, oh, you've are at got a locked Twitter account now, I think I noticed the other day. It's not
4: locked. I just haven't updated it. Oh, okay. But it's yeah. palette, Is that right? No. There's no point in going there. You can okay, go to my uh, Instagram. Instagram my, uh, I update my Instagram maybe <laughs> twice a year. <laughs>
7: could, could we follow each other on Instagram? That might be good for me. Okay, that would be good the for you. Yeah. Okay, let's, okay. let's so follow each other.
4: It's he posts clouds. He posts the clouds. <clears> there we <throat> go. Okay. Isn't that clever? I thought of that myself.
7: So uh. smart. He's just so smart. How about a hand for Owen Pallet? We're going to be back with a bit of a panel. <laughs> Stick around. Thank you very much. Owen Pallet, everybody. <laughs> This episode of Creative Control is sponsored by two amazing places. Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph. Freshly roasted, fair trade, certified organic coffee. You can learn more about Planet Bean at planetbeancoffee.com. Do you like coffee?
3: Yeah, I like coffee. Coffee is really good. I'm a kid and I don't personally drink it, but once I taste it, I love it. Oh, and cappuccino ice cream. I love cappuccino ice cream.
7: Mm. What about you? Do you like coffee? No. Why not?
3: I don't, because I don't like the smell of it.
7: Okay, that seems fair. But what about this? Let me lay this on you. Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. The best donuts anywhere. You can learn more about them at grandad's.ca. Hey, do you like donuts? Yes. What's your favorite donut? Uh,
0: chocolate. with Sprinkles
3: on top.
7: That sounds pretty good. What about you? Do you like donuts?
3: Uh, I like coffee and donuts. My favorite donut is probably Boston Cream.
7: Amazing. Amazing. You can get one of those at Granddad's Donuts. Thank you very much to Granddad's Donuts and Planet Bean Coffee. Oh, the song Bad Luck by Royal City. That's a good song. Owen, were
4: you a member of
7: Royal City? Uh, No.
4: I'm pretty sure you were. I played with them some.
7: Yeah, I used to see you play with Royal City. I thought you were a member.
4: No, I wasn't. And it, that, around that time, I think me and Bob were kind of floating members. Oh, yeah, but, Bob Wiseman. Yeah, yeah, but that was also at the time that the band kind of spectacularly imploded. So uh, yeah, We don't have to talk about that. Good uh, friends of mine.
7: I like Royal City. How about a hand for the bicycles playing all my favorite songs tonight? Okay, as you can see, we have all our guests on stage. Zalik, are you there? I can't see Owen. Come on. I am give me here, some yes. Here. We got uh, Mike and James and hey. James. I uh, neglected to explain uh, this portion of the program we don't have a lot of time left but what we normally do at this point of the show is we speak to the audience I do most of the talking and I say I need a couple of topics of conversation and whatever you want us to talk about we will talk about it's like a stupid game show really or a smart game show so does anyone have anything they'd like us to talk about right now just shout it out anybody Christmas. no not Christmas too religious <laughs> anything else Universal Basic Income is the topic.
3: Well, J- uh, James and I are part of the Yang Gang, so we love it.
7: I didn't realize you were part of the Yang Gang. I would
3: have included that in my introduction. Absolutely. That's, yeah. yeah.
7: What, uh, uh, Owen, do you have thoughts on Universal Basic Income?
4: I actually don't know what that is.
7: What is Universal Basic... Well, you're yeah, the I, Yang Gang, can I tell have, us. I have it is
3: like a Silicon Valley uh, sort of idea to create income equality where everyone would be given by the government like some basic sum a month, like $1,000 $1, a month. A this month. is what Andrew Yang is proposing.
7: Right. Andrew Yang is a candidate for the President of the United States currently, or did he drop out? No, he's still in. He's still in. Okay. You would know you're members of the Yang gang.
6: James, you were going to say something? Uh, if, if, With the permission of the chair, uh, I would like to make a radical addition to the idea of a universal basic income. Sure. So a universal basic income is essentially like everybody. The idea is everybody deserves to make a, a living wage, yeah. and that anybody who doesn't make that would get topped up to a living wage, and it would come from people who make much more, like more than that. Oh, that's like, good. You know, people like Owen who are, you know, forming corporations and have clients. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so, but my radi- So that's the idea. Yeah. My radical idea, and I recently proposed this to my uh, mother-in-law, and it did not go well. Was that my solution to the larger world's problems is that uh, at the age of 65, everyone gets a guaranteed annual income, topped up by the government, and in return, they lose the right to vote.
4: James, that's, James. you're a genius. That is
6: a, you're, you're smart. That's
7: good. That's a great she idea. She lost her mind. Well, yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem appealing to her. It really her. did not. Context is everything, I would say, for ideas like
4: that. Does it, does, it? it does sound like you're throwing money at a problem, really, though. Well, yes. Yeah. Like, well,
6: we, I could. we could just take it away without the universe. I, I thought that was no, a nice I think trade-off. We should adre- like, we should no address one wants the, you to die. You should have like, a good life. You just don't get to make decisions about the future anymore. Like,
4: it sounds to me that you're avoiding the rent-to-income inequality in this city and many others that is the actual problem, but... That's just my thought. Well, yes. Yeah.
6: She wasn't concerned about the income
4: part. Oh, your, your mother, that is. My
6: mother-in-law was. Uh, no, she was doesn't care. Re- reacted quite strongly to the idea that she was not going to be voting. Can
7: James still come to your house after making that proposal?
6: Yeah,
4: everyone's welcome to my house.
3: That, that would mean that no member of the cast of The Irishman could vote <laughs> in any election.
7: Yeah. Mike, that is an interesting point. I hadn't thought of it from that angle, but that is a good one. Are there any other topics of conversation that you'd like us to cover? Perhaps the new Martin Scorsese film. The Irishman. Does anyone... You know, we haven't seen the Irishman. Harpsichords. Harpsichords is the suggestion. Uh, Zalika, this is clearly your domain. What do you know? Of course. Do you know what a harpsichord is? No. <laughs> oh, and can you school us on what a harpsichord is? I was going to ask that question, but I'm not a good journalist. Uh, what is a harpsichord exactly?
4: It's a stringed keyboard instrument that's kind of a bit of a precursor to the piano. It features a number of jacks that are these long wooden uh, rectangular things that have little things on them called quills. You press a key, the quill plucks the string. Uh, You can hear the harpsichord in popular music on the left bank's I've Got Something on My Mind, and also uh, certain Tori Amos songs such as Light Sneeze feature a harpsichord. Um, I love that your popular music reference was the left bank. (laughs) That's a famous song. I mean, uh, Jens Lechman sang- sampled it for Black Cab, but then I don't think he could get the rights, so he had to replace the harpsichord with mandolin. But didn't, didn't the Rolling
7: Stones once use a harpsichord? They're
4: big. I have never heard of that band.
7: They're big. They're huge. And at one point, I believe, Mike, you like music. Uh, you were in the Gentlemen Callers. Is it in Lady Jane or yes, something? Yes, it would be in that sort of yeah. era when they were... You know, yeah. blues music. Blues music, indeed. Dan Aykroyd would be a big fan of the harpsichord, right, Owen? Any other topics of conversation before we wrap up the show? What would you like to talk about? What do you, you guys in the back are talking. What do you want us to talk about? Lead in the water. Lead in the water? What is wrong with you people? This is very depressing. Okay, uh, Salika, do you want to talk about lead in the water? What are your thoughts on lead being in the water?
1: Obviously, there should not be lead in the water. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll take the counter-argument. More lead! Let's get more lead in there! Oh, (laughs) screw you!
7: I did think that Zalika really divided the crowd there, and I am surprised that she would make that pronouncement. Lead in the water is bad. Wasn't that a shocking report that most water in Canada that we drink from our taps has lead in it? Owen, did you hear about this? Uh,
4: What's lead? Is that bad?
7: It's bad. It's a bad substance. I, I don't know much more about it. Um, the Yang Gang might know. What's up with the lead?
3: It's like uh, it, soon Toronto will look and feel like Flint, Michigan, I guess. Yes, that's the, that, the, the, the water a big crisis, lead crisis in problem. Flint. There's lead maybe in Maybe Michael Moore can make another movie about this. Yeah, us. it's bad. Yeah. No, it's a
7: bad situation, as, as Alika said. So thank you for the topic. Um, uh, I think we're almost there. We have time for maybe one more. Cats is They're your favorite.
1: They're fucking
7: suggestion? awesome. Cats are cool. I like cats. I used to have a cat. He was my best friend. Oh,
1: if you're talking about the musical, then no. No, we're
7: talking about the animal or the musical? Is there a difference? Yes.
5: <laughs> yes,
7: there is. is there, well, I, I love... I'm a cat person primarily. I know you like to walk a dog. Uh, you mentioned that. It's a bit of a strange circumstance that you have there with the dog walking. I say, like, the scenario doesn't seem healthy. But still, cats are wonderful, don't you think, uh, James? Mike? You cat
0: people? My girlfriend has two cats, and she recently moved in, so now I have two cats, too. And they are nice! But one of our cats fear sprays out of his butt, I guess? And I hate it so much. He jumped on the bed and just for no reason, fear sprayed out of his butt all over the damn bed. I didn't know. Does fear, anybody else have a fear spraying cat? Fear spray is that is that the technical term for? What? I don't know what this. Some spray comes out of his butt. It's not <laughs> urine and it's not feces. So, squirt sit- is piss. Okay, that's
7: that's weird. I I had a cat named Gary. He was the best. I taught him to sit on command. Owen, have you ever done that? Have you ever taught a cat to sit on command?
4: No, I, I, but I don't know. I do, do like, I do, do like cats though. Cats are better than dogs, right? Well, I think cats are delicious for sure. <laughs> Salika, do you like cats? I'm going to move on. Moving on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a cat, and her name is Kitty. Yeah, I call basically I call my cat cat, but I just call her Kitty.
7: What? You're a writer. Couldn't you have come up with a better name?
1: Well, her name was technically June because we got her in June. How but many then... names does
7: this goddamn cat have? A lot,
1: it's apparently. It's amazing, yeah. uh, But she only answers to Kitty. Isn't it weird that we
7: have animals and we can just name them whatever we want and then change the name? That's great. That's great being a human. All right, that's our show. Thank you very much. I'm uh, a hand for Owen Ballot. We have Zalika there. We have James. We have Mike. Thank you so much. This is James Keese. This is the Bicycles. This is Linda, the Applause Lady. Stay tuned for more Long Winter. We'll see you December 13th. Good night, everybody.